one of the things that we set up internationally and to do things outside of our kind of four walls is, is what we call Elevate Global. And uh, we've partnered with a couple of absolutely top-shelf organizations who do what they do incredibly well. One of them is Compassion Australia, and uh, we work with them and invest heavily in, into them uh, running a, a child survival program. Uh, some of you know this, but uh, the statistics of uh, children aged zero to five across our globe is that 20,000 children aged zero to five die every single day. Every single day. It's 65 747 jumbos falling out of the sky full of children aged zero to five every single day. And uh, there's a program running in the Philippines in, in one of the villages there that we partner with to see those children aged zero to five in that village actually make it to their fifth birthday and then beyond that. And it's exciting. Just a, a quick um, uh, breaking news is uh, we're going to send our first team over there uh, in January 2015. So uh, I'm letting you know that because some of you may be interested in going along on that trip and uh, seeing that firsthand and, uh, and having that impact your world. So you can actually register your interest to uh, learn more about that. Uh, just use your Next Step card and, uh, and get on board with that. The other organization that we partner with in Elevate Global is called Opportunity International Australia. And uh, they are also a top, top, top shelf organization. And uh, we're going to be talking about them this morning. And uh, what they do uh, sounds too good to be true. You know, your mum always said, son, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably isn't true. This sounds too good to be true, and it's true. Uh, about what they do. Let's have a little look at uh, how Opportunity International make a difference.
Pretty cool, hey? Small loans, big changes. So uh, we actually have the enormous privilege this morning of having Ant Clark. Uh, he's the big wig here in WA for Opportunity International Australia. It's what's written on his business card. Big wig. You need a wig too, mate. Yeah, you bet. So I'd like to invite Ant up. And how about you make Ant welcome this morning, folks? Brilliant. Now, Ant, um, good to have you here. They'll figure it out. I love coming here, by the way, because I'm uh, standing on a, sitting on a stool. Hey. Socks, so. Oh, I didn't even put socks on this morning, man. We need to, we need to compare notes next time. Look, uh, and uh, I learned about this, this word or this, um, I guess, model, this approach, microfinance. I learned about that a number of years ago. And again, when I first learned about it, growing up, I've you know, grown, grown up in Perth, uh, Australia, all my life. Um, we're pretty blessed. In our, in our city and in our country, and uh, learn about this idea of microfinance. Um, and as I said earlier, it sounded too good to be true. And the more I unpacked it, the more it was like, wow, this is such a no-brainer. We've shown a little video there. What, what would you say to sort of add to, to that picture uh, of what you know, microfinance really is and does? Thanks, Mark. That's a really important question. And, um, I think it's quite a cute uh, video, and obviously it talks a lot about dollars, you know, um, $50, $100, $200. But I think one of the best things that encapsulates what we do, it's about investing in a mother. Mm. Why a mother? Uh, Because a mother is a a conduit. She's the the nurturer in the family. You empower the mother and then the ripple effect through the family and the community starts. It's not overnight. Uh, So it's a short-term as well as a long-term impact. Mm. So short-term as in... You know, more meals on the table in the short term, uh, more nutritious food, uh, but long term, as we'll hear from uh, Amina shortly, it's that investment in education. So a small amount of money given as a loan, not a gift, mm-hmm. is empowering and enables the person to, I think, untap the, the um, solution to their own problem. The solution is actually within them already. Great. They need an opportunity to unleash that. Great. Now, uh, we, there's quite a number of organizations around the world uh, specializing in microfinance from different countries and working in different countries. And so when we wanted to include a, a microfinance partner uh, in our Elevate Global, uh, a strategic partner in our Elevate Global portfolio, we, we, we sniffed and scratched and researched and, and dug around. And uh, for, for our uh, uh, perspective, Opportunity International were really uh, right at the top of the list. And... Uh, one of the things that impressed me in, uh, in having a look is that you guys do more than, than just uh, the microfinance. You take a, a much more comprehensive approach. What are some of the other things you guys do? Yeah. Um, so at any one time, we've got about two and a half million mothers or families that are accessing small loans and on that journey out of poverty. So that's great. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's about 10 million people. But we're more than the numbers. Mm-hmm. We're actually about the mothers and the fathers and the children and the families. Mm-hmm. So one of, uh, and I think you know it's a biblical principle: pe- treat people with dignity, mm-hmm. treat them as a person, not as a number. So one of the things that I think you can be really proud of um, the work that you're supporting is uh, one of the things is the loan officer who I've mentioned to you before. It's the relationship. It's a very relational um, model that you're supporting. So it's not just throwing money out. There is a loan officer that is meeting with the client every week or every fortnight, nurturing them, treating them as a person, um, uh, understanding what best 
the business can be in their local environment. They're also um, uh, training them uh, basic uh, business development skills as well. So I like to think of it as um, the, uh, the capital, the small loan, uh, plus the opportunity, plus some skills development, and the, um, the tenacity or the enthusiasm of the client themselves equals that progress out of poverty. So it's about, it's not just the loan, it's skills training, it's mentoring and nurturing. Great. So you guys, I mean, you guys are really setting people up for a win Absolutely. in that. And, and I love that. You know, the biblical principle is that we should sow into good soil. And uh, both Opportunity International are great soil, and then the people, the partners that they partner with, and then the local people on the, in, in the various countries around the world. You know, these are good, good soil. And I love that. You know, these mums who have great ideas and full of hopes and dreams for their family and just need a little bit of a, of a hand up to uh, see those dreams fulfilled. One of the, uh, one of the I guess, uh, people that we've fallen in love with, and uh, she's become uh, incredibly inspiring, uh, and we only just got to meet her in person this morning, um, but we've been uh, pushing her out across the interwebs and uh, social media, and a bit, bit of her story is Amina Mendes. Uh, from the Philippines, and we have the incredible uh, privilege of having Amina with us this morning. So I'd like to uh, us to make Amina welcome. How about you just come on up, Amina? Yes. Woo! Hey. Yeah, that's, that's Good. You've got a hat for Ant, I see. Is it is it a bit too much? Bit too much reflection coming off. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Now, um, Amina, you've been in Australia now for a few weeks, and uh, this is your last port of call before heading back to the Philippines. Uh, what's been your experience of, uh, of Australia so far? The first impression when I landed in Sydney Saturday, um, March 1, was like, wow, this is a pretty great country because it was raining all the time. But then I came to Perth, and it's so sunny and so nice. And I had... I've been to Brisbane and to Melbourne, and we've been, I've been looking for a kangaroo to cross the street. I didn't have a kangaroo. But it's only last night that I actually got to see not just one, but two. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, great. I, you could have come to my house. I actually had kangaroo for dinner last night. Probably not as right, right. You're so cute. And, well, and delicious, yes. Um, What's, uh, so what's one thing you've done or seen, apart from the kangaroos, that uh, you're looking forward to telling your family about when, when you see that about Australia? Um, that's my mom over there, yeah. by the way. Um, and, and for me, it has been amazing to meet uh, all the people um, supporting Opportunity International. Right. And then it's, it's, it's a privilege to meet you and, 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 your, all, and your church here. Because I could see firsthand, and I have experienced firsthand, just how much impact those passionate hearts have mm. in the lives of people mm. in the Philippines and anywhere else, and everywhere else in the world. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, um, your mom, Remy, yes. and we, we may actually uh, go on the plane with you and to bring her back because we love her. She's amazing. We've seen her on the video and just fell in love with her. So, uh, no, her. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, just warning you. But, uh, so now, okay, so your mom uh, was one of the uh, um, beneficiaries of, uh, of a loan uh, a number of years ago. H- how long ago was that, and, and what was the amount of, of the loan that she received? Um, it was eight years ago. I was in second year of high 
school at this time, and she received um, $123 for mm, wow. her first one. Wow. Okay. Which doesn't seem much, huh? Some of you, that's a weekly shopping bill. Some of you, that's half your weekly shopping bill. Um, <laughs> uh, it's $123. Okay. What, what did she do with that? Tell, tell us uh, how she put that uh, loan to use. Um, for some, I know the, the wise investment would be real estate or stocks or bonds or some other you know, weird thing. But um, for our community, which is a rural community, what makes sense were um, three piglets. Uh-huh. We could care for for five to six months amazing. and sell them off. Wow! So she started small beginning with that one. Wow! Amazing. Sorry, I, I've just all I can think about is bacon. Um, <laughs> okay, focus, Mark. Focus. <laughs> so we, you're talking about rural Philippines. Uh, you, you grew up in a, a village setting, and uh, the most natural thing for your mum to do was to buy three. Piglets, um, sounds like a nursery rhyme. Um, and uh, tell us about what life for you and your family was like before that. Um, my father is a tricycle driver, and that's like a usual public transportation in the Philippines, and I have a younger sister. So, and and, and um, one thing in the Philippines, education is really, really important. It's a point of pride for parents, not because they want their children to support them in retirement, but because they see it as a way out of poverty. Uh-huh. They don't want their kids to, um, to uh, experience the same hardships they had. And uh, my parents were bent to give, to give us the best education, but the income is not enough to send the kids to school. So my mom would uh, be out before sunrise, and she'll be uh, back to us after sunset. She'll be out in the field all day under the jeep, or under the rain, whatever. We're in planting and harvesting rice, or planting and harvesting whatever it is. That needs to get planted and harvested in another in another person's farm, mm. and that's what she does the whole day for two dollars. Mm. And and um, at those times, like her hands were really dried and, and really cracking and peeling, and her nails were really chipped at the time. And some people might think it's ugly, but to me, they were wonderful, beautiful hands because they look that way exactly because they're building my dreams. And that was, but, but I remember thinking, it, does it have to be really that hard for, for them to send us to school? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. I remember seeing on a video that uh, we showed of you where you, you, you spoke about one particular day where your dad was out working and uh, you were waiting for him to come home because you didn't even have food yeah. for, for dinner that, that, that evening. Was that quite a common uh, thing for you? Um, we were waiting for him to come home so he could bring rice, mm-hmm. rice, what we usually had. And Dinner is a touch and go. It's, it's, it's a daily struggle, as well as the allowance mm. for kids, especially since you were being sent to um, the Texas school they could afford. So your mom bought the three piglets, and uh, what, what did she do with that? And what did that, you know, what, what did that become? How did that kind of develop from there? from survival mode to development mode, from survival of our family to the development of our family. At the time, I didn't know what a microfinance act is. I didn't even know that she got another loan. To me, it was just, oh, another person you have to pay. But I know that something was off because she was home before sunset. And later, she wouldn't even have to go to the field. She started, they, they had meetings with the, with the loan, 
with everybody. So women in the community coming together with the project officer and talking about business opportunities and talents they have, not just the physical man and labor. So this is one of the things she learned to do. It's a hat on a uh, like sewing machine yeah. um, from scrap cloths. So she, sell, she sells them to the farmers in the village and you, you should try it. You do it at heads too. Come on. Oh, really? But yeah. there, there you go. It's just kind of balancing. <laughs> That's going straight to Facebook. Right. You're later, Mark. So in the morning, the, the, in the, from a kid's point of view, the biggest thing is in the morning, she would, uh, my mom would feed the pigs and take care of it. And at lunch, she would have, she would have a meal with my dad if we were at school. Before that, that's not possible. And at home, when we get back from school, she's there. And she, she's able to prepare our dinner. And we have a conversation over the table. Be- before, it was just too tiring, just off to bed, because she has to go to the fields in the morning again. But after the loan, she, she was available to help us study. We even watched TV. We, we would have conversations with other families, I'm sure, have on a regular basis. I love what you said earlier that uh, one of the things when you, you looked at your mom's hands and, and, and the hard work that she was doing was for you was inspiring because she, you said she was making your dreams uh, a possibility. Um, now along comes $123, three little piglets, um, your life. I mean, I, again, on this video that we showed, uh, your mom, gorgeous, she's, she was saying, you know, that she'd said to you and your sister, you know, you go, and, you go to school, uh, you work hard, I'll figure out a way to pay for it. And, uh, and so you said that that loan came when you were in the second year of, uh, of high school, um, 14, 14 years old, thereabouts, 13, okay, now. From the age of 13 to today, it's about eight years. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how your life has, uh, has changed. I think the biggest turning point um, happened to, for me is two years after she got the loan. I graduated from high school, and um, I had a particular dream university in mind. I was pretty sure about it. I, wanted, I know what I wanted to do. But then we had to sit down, and even with a small piggery, and, and she was telling me, even if you sell me and um, your dad and the brown dog that we have, it wouldn't be enough to pay for that university. And um, kids could be really selfish. I've known how how the the kind of sacrifice they're giving, but I thought it it was just too frustrating. And and, and that was a a time of rebellion in my heart because I was thinking, um, that's pretty cruel. You know, uh, if God put those dreams in my heart, he should have put a way out of it. But at that time, it seemed that he did not. And then the scholarship program came. It was a scholarship for children of clients. Oh, no, clients. Children of clients. And I was able to go to the university of my dream. And it, but sometimes, you know how you think a dream is too high. But God does not only answer the dream. He gives an even higher dream because two years afterwards, I was in the United States under the same scholarship. All things paid. I had enough allowance to send back to my sister, who was also studying. And then that was, that was, I started thinking before it was about how unfair God was, that why, why, why me? Why my classmates, I'm better than my classmates. And my mom is not bad, but why, why would he have to go through that, those struggles? To thinking there are families who have never seen me and have never heard my struggles and have never seen my mom and have never seen her hands or what she does for the day, but they've willingly 
held their hands out and helped us. And I, and I did not deserve any of it. So when I started, we, we, because we, we don't really go to church, but when I started going to church in college, and they had these big words, grace and faith, I knew exactly what they were talking about because I've seen it in my life. When you say underserved grace and the love of Christ, I've, I've experienced that because I did not deserve it. And I, I, I don't see the faces of those and who, those who give and have no other motive and no other hope of being paid back. And they do it because of motive, just, just to express love. And so when, when the even bigger terms like salvation and redemption came out, I knew what it was about because I've seen it work in my life. And when, then I graduated from the U.S. and the, the Filipino dream is basically to work abroad and get your family out of the Philippines. And why would you look back to a country that never gave you opportunities? But I think that's, that's, that's the nature of grace and love, that you can't accept it and contain it in yourself because I wasn't the only youth struggling. There were thousands of youths in the Philippines facing the same struggles that I did, knowing exactly what they want to do in life and not being able to do it because of circumstances they had no control. And if I was frustrated at the time, I could imagine how frustrating it was for my parents because parents, they just want their best for their children. And they can't because of circumstances not in their control. That's why I decided to go back to the Philippines. Yeah, well, that, that's... Um you know, when, when, when I first learned of your story that, um, you, you know, your, the trajectory of your life had certainly changed uh, because of this uh, small loan uh, and uh, what your mum did with that, uh, you went on to study at university and then on to study at university in the United States. Um, for a lot of people, uh, you know, I think maybe even some of us w- would hold this kind of paradigm that w- when you've come to the U.S. or you've come to, to Australia or you've gone to study in the U.K., for example, that, that you've arrived, you know, that that's the promised land and, and now, you know, you should stay there and, and build a new life and, and you know, so you, you won't have to, uh, when you have your own family, uh, have them potentially face some of the same struggles and so on. But you chose not to do that. You chose not to stay in the U.S. and... Um, and uh, Amina now works for one of the uh, lending partners that um, Opportunity International partner with. And it was actually the, is, is it correct that it was actually the organization, the partner who loaned your mom? And, and uh, it's uh, Alale Sa Kandaran Incorporated. That's atrocious. <laughs> you could get a job with us. No, we just say ASCII. ASCII. Yeah. Well, from now on, I will just say ASCII. So, and before we ask Amina, um, you spoke about earlier that, that the model that you guys take is to partner with local uh, lending partners, uh, organizations, so that you, you've got uh, you know, people on the ground who are coaching and, and have these ongoing developmental relationships. One of the things, um, I remember you sharing it when, when you first came and we started partnering with Opportunity International, uh, some of these people who receive the loans and some of the people like uh, Amina's mum, they're not, they're not unintelligent people. Uh, in fact, they're, they're incredibly intelligent people. They're incredibly industrious, incredibly hardworking, incredibly entrepreneurial. Uh, and uh, they don't actually, in, in many cases, they don't actually have the opportunity to lend from some of the traditional um, 
banking organisations because some of them just simply can't read uh, or, or can't uh, make the trip to, to one of these local banks to apply for a traditional loan. And so literally just, um, you, you know, things are out of reach or, or they're on the high shelf. Um, and, and so I know that the mobile lending uh, and the local organisations bridge that gap, and I, and I want you to talk to that in a moment. The, the other thing, though, that's important for us to understand is that in many of these communities you've, sh- you've shared with us is that there is another option, and that is to take out a loan with a local uh, loan shark, you know, a.k.a. business person, um, who, whose terms of the loan are absolutely outrageous. Either the repayment uh, period is this in, you know, in unrealistic turnaround time or the interest rates are phenomenally high and, and the person ultimately becomes indentured labour to, to, the, to the loan shark. Um, so you guys have, by partnering with these local uh, lending organisations like ASCII, Thank you. Atrocious. <clears throat> That's it. You're never coming back. Um, is, uh, you, you've, you've, you've actually overcome some of that, uh, th- those kind of barriers. So tell us why you do that and, and, and some, maybe some things we don't know about that approach. Well, let me take your first question around technology. And you are a, a technology man with your Apple iPad in your hand. Yes. Um, one of the things that Opportunity is really focused on, is it's the poorest of the poor. So our main mission is around um, giving people in poverty uh, a better future. It's not about the money side of it. It's around hope, a, a brighter future. Um, it can be expensive to actually provide small loans. So it's the same cost for us to provide a $20 loan as it is a $350 loan. So um, one of the things that we're doing in Indonesia, India and the Philippines, in different ways, well, when I say we, partner organisations like ASCII and also those organisations that Elevate is supporting in uh, Indonesia, is taking the best of technology, read mobile phones. So I think in the Philippines there's more mobile phones than people. In India, there's 1.2 billion people and there's around 700 million mobiles. So it's kind of like it's a bit of a no-brainer. Let's try and partly reduce the cost of doing business. But the other thing with technology is actually reaching the poorest of the poor. So the traditional model and the model that we tend to still have at the moment is uh, typical branch, you know, 12 or 13 staff members as a um, manager, a cashier, a security guy and seven or eight loan officers. That costs money. So why don't we flip it around and recognise that um, most people have a mobile phone. It's very cheap to have a mobile phone and to use it. So some of the examples, so in the Philippines we're doing some pilots and trials, um, some of the you know, organisations, where it involves if someone, for example, gets a loan um, at the moment, they'll get a text message. They have to go to say your loan has been approved. They've got to travel maybe a, um, a day or a couple of hours to go and get the, the funds. That's going to take them time and money. So there's a pilot happening at the moment whereby the client gets a text message, congratulations, your loan has been approved. Um, what we're hoping to get to is they're able to access, um, a bit like Western Union, the funds for, potentially from an existing client who has a sari sari store, like a, a street-side grocery store in that village or in that community. So it's reducing costs, it's reducing time, and it's also providing another fee-for-service, I guess, for the existing um, client. So that is brilliant. So that's kind of like um, the proven model meeting technology, and there's different kind of incarnations of that happening in the three countries, and we'll continue to bring the best of that together. Um, 
Second part of it is, um, and you've actually mentioned this, that the poor often don't have, um, they, they do have access to funds, but it's at an unfair price. And, it's, um, and you've, you've spoken to some of this in the last few days um, around it's manipulative. Well, you share because it's, it's your story. Um, yeah. Well, before, before the microfinance loan, before we had the three little pigs, if my enrollment is tomorrow, my mom would have to go to the um, five, six, we call them, which is to get 5,000 in the morning and you have to give back 6,000 by the end of the day, which is 20% per day. So it's, it's just this spiraling down the cycle that you cannot break out of. It's so what is a small loan in the most responsible and most appropriate terms that really is that really you know breaks that cycle and enables people to help themselves out of poverty. Uh, Amina, uh, how do you pronounce uh, ASCII in its uh, fullest uh, and correct pronunciation? Incorporated. Isn't that what I said? Sort of. <laughs> it uh, literally means uh, helping for progress. Wonderful. So, so that's your story. You, you, you went to study in the U.S., and uh, rather than staying there upon graduation, you chose to, to come back uh, to the Philippines, to, to uh, the area where, where your family is, and not just to, to come back, but to actually now work for ASCII, which... Uh, what would, tell, tell me, tell us about you know, the motivation for that. Some thought that I was being foolish, because they 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 have graduated from a premier university in the U.S., so they think that I would go on and get a glamorous job in a glamorous city. But well, it was it, it, well, it wasn't. It, it was it, you're in Ohio, right? Um, well, I consider. Amio, Omio, oh God, it's Ohio. Was that a song? Uh, no, J- James can uh, coach you on that one later on. He, uh, he's from Nebraska as well. It's not flyover states. Anyway, okay, you finished, graduated um, uh, uh, out of Ohio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, but yeah, and then I decided to um, go back. And part of the satisfaction of my work is knowing that the opportunity is given to me and to my family. I, I know for sure that my kids wouldn't, would never have to be frustrated about their dreams and the, my kids' kids. But it's not just about me anymore. It's a part of the journey that we went through is about we, before we were part of the need and then we, when we, were, we have broken out of that, we decided to become a part of the solution. That maybe the journey that I went through, I had to go through that so that I could understand what it is that needs to be done. And it's true what the, what, what, um, what the Bible says, how the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And I decided to be part of that worker, making sure that the opportunities did not end with me, that it could go on and on and on to more and more people. So what does a day in uh, the life of Amina Mendez look like today? Well, not today. <laughs> when you're back home today. Um, the work I do in, in, in ASCII now, it's um, the corporate, I handle the corporate planning unit, which basically develops uh, products and services. And my mom still has a, has a loan, a continuing loan. So she's on to sows and, um, and last, just last month we have had 14 piglets coming out at the same time. So cute lined up. <laughs> so um, I develop loan products and you know other services like educational programs, study now, pay later programs for children of our clients. And I get direct market 
market survey from my mom, she'd be like, what are you guys doing implementing this and that? Like, Oops. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, like, and making sure, that, making sure that the social goals of the institution is really carried through. Now, uh, and um, again, something else that, that uh, really uh, impressed us when we first uh, started partnering with you was, was both the uh, repayment uh, rate, um, which I know even uh, some of the big four lenders here in Australia, mm. they don't meet similar percentage. So tell, tell us about that and, and then um, the, the nature of these loans being recycled and also the nature of, of people like uh, Remy uh, taking further loans. How, how does that kind of work? No, really important point, uh, Mark. So some of you rem uh, recall that I've mentioned to you in the past that we have a 97% repayment rate. So 97% of the loans are repaid, and one of our board directors who works for uh, Commonwealth Bank in uh, Sydney says if banks in Australia could get that kind of return, the, you know, their share price would go even higher. Um, and it, it is no accident um, that the repayment is so high, that's the average across the three countries. And I think it's um, testament to the fact that um, it's not just the loan, and I've heard you say in the last couple of days, it's not just, the, the money won't bring you out of poverty. It's the, you know, it, it's the capital and it's the, um, the opportunity. The person has to latch on to the opportunity. And I think it's um, kind of testament to the great work that the loan officers do because the funds are limited, you're providing the funds. So it's not like we've got this big bucket of unlimited funds. We want our money back so we can lend it out again. So the, the lovely thing is that here in Australia, you can give once. We like people to give more than once, but uh, give once. Uh, and the loans, uh, someone receives a loan and then they repay it over six to 12 months. Everybody has a repayment card. So it's a very um, transparent, accountable process. Everyone has a number, but they're treated as a person and they're met on a weekly and fortnightly basis. So the big incentive for someone to pay back their loan is so they can take another loan, whether it's the same amount or higher, so to grow their business a little more. So any of you in business here, you know, your first loan might have been 25000 to, you know, get the rent and then it might have been 50000 to set yourself up for IT and it continues to grow as your income grows. So for the poor... Once they've latched hold of that opportunity, they want to continue on the road. So, and you just mentioned your mum has a loan. So it continues um, the, the path. And aside from the loan being repaid and being given out to another client, the impact of that loan that happened eight years ago continues to affect our present. It will continue to affect our future. I really see the work we're, we are all doing together as starting, it's a starting a chain of change that, yes, it gets, aside from the loan being recycled, each from each client, each client passes off to her children and to the community as well. We have a client who um, in Northern Philippines uh, that I was really inspired to meet her because she still has an ongoing loan, so she's still bu building her business, but she sends out-of-school youth in her community to school. And, and it's really a testament to how how that small investment in a mother or in a, in a person in a community explodes in all sorts of different ways. And that's just the way it should be. And that's, that's, that's the nature of love. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Now, as a church, um, we, we're, we're getting better at this uh, giving thing. And, um, and uh, we've come a long way. Uh, you guys uh, 
uh, to be commended, by the way, um, with our Elevate Global. Three years ago, uh, we gave $600 uh, in a year altogether, not per household. Uh, and uh, just in the last 12 months, we gave just under $11,000. Uh, to elevate global. So do the math over three years. That's pretty good percentage growth. Um, and I, I met with a, a fellow church leader here in the city. I met with him during the week, and I told him those numbers and uh, and that that rate of growth from six hundred dollars in the year three years ago to nearly eleven thousand dollars in the last twelve months. And uh, and he said, he said, well, we we they're a church about three times our size. He said, well, we, we gave. Uh, we, we gave $150,000 to our global uh, initiative. And I thought he was about to start bragging, you know, this kind of uh, church leaders do, you know, we give more than you kind of thing. Uh, you know, my dad's tougher than your dad kind of deal. And um, he said, but you guys are doing better than us because we gave $150,000 the year before and we gave $150,000 the year before that. We're not actually growing in our generosity, and yet he said, and yet our church numbers are growing as well. Um, so well done, those of you that are in the game. Uh, for those of you that are not in the game, get in the game, because there's more Remy and Aminas out there, and it's an emergency, uh, and we're responsible, and we want to take that super seriously. Um, what, what would you say, uh, final kind of thoughts, final words, what would you each say to us and uh, around this idea of, of, of how much more we could do? What, what would be a, a kind of a final, final word, final thought? First of all, um, I would like to thank everybody for what you've done already. In behalf of, of, of parents like mine, in behalf of all the clients we are serving worldwide, thank you for the generosity and thank you for the passionate heart that you have. And and, and I would strongly encourage you that the Elevate Global project that you have here is really creating a deep impact on the ground. It's making a difference that long before everybody in this room is gone, it will still be echoing those gifts, echoing those impact and changes. So thank you very much for all of that. And thank you in advance for all the families that are yet to be supported. And I think, Amina, you might just want like to share with um, the guys what's um, an opportunity for them to uh, do a little after they've left here. Um, yeah, uh, this is a notebook I, 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 um, I uh, have from high school. Because what we would do before, which I forgot to <laughs> share, um, is that we would get the blank pages out of our previous notebooks and sew them together so that my parents, so we don't have to buy it. Because every set of notebook means a day my mom doesn't have to go to the field. So I have, there we, we set a station there, and um, I have several notebooks on display. And I would love for you... I have, ho I have shared my hopes and dreams and the reali realization of some of those dreams with you. And I would love for you to share yours to me so I could bring it back to my family and to the institution. It's, 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 it's a relationship we have, even though we, we don't see each other. And, and, and yeah, so please go ahead later and um, sign up on those oh, no sheets and share with us what you want for, for yourself and for the world as well. And um, I also brought this one. It, it's one of the products of um, our clients in Northern Philippines. It's a um, table tennis racket. <laughs> All right, yes, that was a joke. Um, this is actually a fan. Great. And I would just like to give it as, as a token 
I know it's a small thing, but it's a token of, of appreciation for all the work that you're doing and for all the difference that you're making. Can use that uh, every time you mentioned uh, mention opportunity and Amina's visit as a reminder. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to add um, one of the things that strikes me every time I've come here. I've been here a few times now. I was here about a month ago and got the two beautiful Elevate mugs, which I am drinking of out of every morning, which is great um, uh, to celebrate the first birthday. I think it's uh, the one thing that strikes me here is there is a joy of giving, developing. And I think that is, that's actually rare to see. And I think that's a gift. So we often think of um, selfless giving. So, you know, you're supporting through compassion and also opportunity people you will never meet. Fortunately, you have got to meet Amina this morning. Amina's kind of talked the flip side of it, that you were aware that people were being generous in other places and you knew that you would never meet them. But I think there is something about, um, in a kind of a God way, God's economy, he gives you a joy in giving. And it's not, I've heard you use the term, I mean, it's not giving back, it's kind of paying it forward. So it's not kind of like, well, we're, I mean, we are blessed here, of course. We've got a lot of material possessions, so we want to kind of respond. But I think there is something really valuable about taking the lead, the leadership here, and the intentional framing of that it's just a normal, natural thing to be giving back. If, if, you, you know, if you're a, a Christian, one of God's kids, then it's going to be hard to explain why you're not doing it, if you know what I mean. So um, I'd really encourage you to, um, if it's difficult for you to give, grapple with it, talk about it in your small groups, talk to Mark about it. Like, it's nothing to be, you know, it's something we all struggle with. So I'd really like you to, um, I encourage you to, uh, you know, support, even if it, and you'll probably be surprised me saying this, but if it's supporting something local, if God called you to support something local through Elevate Global, do it. Yep. We would love, we're grateful for the continuing um, partnership with uh, Elevate and we'll continue to, to keep you updated. But um, yeah, it's been an absolute um, joy to um, spend some time with you again this morning and both Amina and I will be out the front. And uh, if you look at your chairs, this is an ad, there is a hand. So um, make sure you do take your hand and um, the doors will open up and um, place uh, the hand, I gave a hand up to families living in poverty. Make sure that... You put that on the wall because that's you kind of telling yourself that you're committed to, the, to this stuff. So um, yeah, thanks very much, guys. Fantastic. How about uh, we thank Aunt Anamina this morning? Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks so much, guys.